Ephesians 5, chapter 1 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And now we jump to chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Amen. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So this is a special Sunday. We're together and we're keeping the, the kiddos in. So I have, a, I have a couple questions for the children that are here. And so this is, you know, if, if you're living at home, if you're under your parents' authority, here's my question for the kids. How would you answer this question, kiddos? Would you rather walk around all day having to carry 20 pounds of weights, or would you rather fly from one point to the other? Would you rather fly from one point to the other to get around or to walk around carrying 20 pounds of weights? Who would want to carry 20 pounds of weights? Right? Now, who would rather fly from one location to the other? Right? Even the adults are like, yeah, we're flying, all right, if we can do that. Um, for those of you that have scooters, you're already doing that. You're getting from one place to the other, right? All right, would you rather have the same meal for the rest of your life or would you rather have the ability to pick whatever you wanted to eat for each and every one of your meals? Same meal every day or you got to pick your meal for every meal. Which one would you rather do? Yeah, you want to pick it or you want to, or the same meal every day for the, pick it, right? Yeah, we like, we'd like to pick it. All right, I got one more question for you. Would you rather have to do everyone's homework in your house or in your class or just do your homework? <laughs> Would you rather do everyone else's homework or just yours, right? We know the answers, don't we? Now, why do I ask that? Because those questions show us that we'd like to be able to do things that, that, are, that are easier. We want things to go well with us in life. We don't want additional hardships if we don't need them. I think the parents could agree with that as much as the kids, right? And I ask you those questions because today, in this section of God's Word that we're studying, we're going to see a special message to children. And one of the blessings, one of the promises that comes from this is this promise that to to do the things that you see in God's word, it brings about not just his blessing, but that things will go well with you. And so we're going to look at that today. And the passage that we're in is Ephesians chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open Ephesians chapter 6. Kids, if you're here today and you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles in the seats in front of you. Open it up. Take the opportunity to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Your parents can help you. I love what Pastor Tony said. If you want to take notes, that would be a good idea. Not if you're just an adult, but also if you're a kid, you can follow along. We'll try and leave it on there so you can fill in the blanks. Because we want us, not just for the children, but for all of us to hear the message that God has for us today. Now, one of the things that I want to do, and for the kids here today, I've been doing this with your parents, and I've been doing it with the adults in the church as we've been preaching through the book of Ephesians. What I've been doing is, before we get to a passage, I've been setting the context helping us to understand what happens before and even after our passage so that we better understand what's happening here. 
Now today, if we don't understand the context of this passage, that is the instruction that's being given as far as how God wants us to understand it, we're going to get in problems. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm inviting Pastor Jason. He's going to bring something up on the stage here to help me illustrate this. I don't do this all the time, but today I'm going to, all right? And so he's bringing up a ladder. And the reason why he's bringing up a ladder is this. This passage that we're studying, it has a command in it. You heard it read by Pastor Tony earlier. There's a command from God in this passage to children. And what's a command? It's something that you're supposed to to do. And one of the things that a lot of people get wrong or kids don't always understand, even adults don't always understand about Christianity is that sometimes we read the commands of God and we believe that we must obey the commands of God in order for him to love and accept us. In order to get to heaven one day and to be with God, we believe we have to do certain things. And so here's the deal. If we read this command today that's being given to children, and children, if you read this command and you think, I have to do this in order for me to be saved, that's, you're going to get in a lot of trouble. You're, you're not going to believe what actually the Bible teaches Because commands and instruction in God's word are very, very important. But one of the things that the commands and the instructions in God's words do is they reveal to us something. Children, I'm going to ask you first. How many of you have never told a lie in your entire life? Oh, yeah. Hey, adults, how many of you have never told a lie in your entire life? Don't you raise it. There's one liar right there. I just saw her. We know that God has given us his commands to say, this is how you're supposed to live in my world. And one of the things that we know is that none of us has obeyed God's commands perfectly. And here's the hard thing to hear. God is very clear. For the wages of sin, which is our disobedience to God, because we have disobeyed, because we haven't obeyed his commands perfectly, that means that we receive his judgment and his punishment. For the wages of sin is, anybody know? Death. So we all die because of sin and we are all eternally separated from God. See, there's heaven and then there's hell. And heaven is the place where God resides and where his people go to be with him. Hell is where people go who have rejected him, who have not been reconciled to God. And so what we have to understand is when God gives us his commands, one, it shows us its need of him, but it also shows us how we're supposed to live. But one thing that God's commands are not for is for you to get to heaven. See, there was a man who one time came to Jesus And he said to Jesus, what good thing must I do in order to inherit eternal life? He said, Jesus, how can I get to go to be with God? What good thing must I do? And Jesus said to him, you have to obey all the commandments because he was trying to show this man something that he had wrong. See, this man believed that God's law was like a ladder. And if God's up there, he said, what good deed must I do in order to, to be with God? And so he says, so if I obey all that God has told me, it's like climbing the ladder. I'm getting closer to God because I'm doing everything that God wants me to do. And Jesus said, well, have you obeyed all the commandments? And the man said, yes. And Jesus was like, really? And he said, yes, I've kept them all since my youth. And he said, there's one more thing I want you to do. He says, I want you to take everything that you own and I want you to sell it and give it to the poor and come follow me. And do you know what happened? It says that the man was immediately sorrowful 
and he went away from Jesus. And do you know why? Because you know what the first commandment is? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And you shall have no other gods before me. And the reason why he asked the man to sell all of his goods and give it to the poor was he was showing the young man, you think you've kept all of my commandments perfectly? You haven't even kept the first one. Because you love your wealth, you love your power more than you love God. And so after the man went away, Jesus' disciples broke down and they said, they said, Jesus, who can be saved if this guy who, who's lived the life that he lives, if he's not getting in, how can any of us be saved? And he says, because with man, this is what? Impossible. You can't get to God by climbing the ladder of obeying the commands because nobody can obey the commands perfectly. God's not up there and you get to him by just doing good things. God has to come down to you. And he has. He says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Because a verse that we teach in Oana is, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting or eternal life. See, the... The message of Christianity is that when we hear the commands that are given to us, it reveals our need for God because it shows us how God has designed us to live. But we don't obey the commands of God to get God as we're going to see in our text and who he is and what he's done for us. And so kids here today, even the adults, this applies to you too. The question is, how do you view the commands of God? Do you view them as something that you need to do in order to get to God? Or do you view them as something that reveals your need for him? And when he saves you, and when he changes you, when you admit that you're a sinner, when you believe that Jesus Christ is the way to be saved, and you confess him as your Savior and your Lord, that brings about the salvation, that brings about the change. So if we don't understand that, we're going to hear what Paul says to children this morning, and we're going to think, okay, if I just do this, then, then God will love and accept me. No, no, no. As we saw in Ephesians 5, therefore be imitators of God, what? As beloved children, we seek to obey because of what he's done for us. So with that, are you ready to get in the text this morning? So let's listen to the instruction. Here it is. It's right here. We heard it read. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 says this. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is what? Right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, for all the kids here, you're probably realizing, oh, now I know why they left me in this service. <laughs> I see now the instruction. That the instruction is really clear. It's, it's right here. There's this, there's this calling that is given to children in the text. And, and, and children are being addressed directly. And it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, before we look at what the instruction means, I, I want to give you just a little bit more background here. A little bit more background. I want to talk to you about families in Paul's day. You know, this, this was written 2,000 years ago. And it was written not to people who live in Southern California in 2023. This was God's instruction first given to people living in 
in Western Asia 2,000 years ago, and family was very different. I'm going to show you a picture of my family here. I want you to see a picture. So there's a picture of, of my family. This is my family today, me with my wife and my, my three girls. And now I want to show you a picture of a family in Roman times. Now, we don't have a real picture. It's a drawing. Here's a picture of a family in Roman times, okay? Do you see the dad? He's just standing there like this, you know? He's like, and there's a reason for that. I want to show you both these pictures next to one another because when you look at my family today, you look at a family in, in Paul's day. Listen, family was different in Paul's day than it is today. And this picture kind of represents it because one of the things you need to know is that in Paul's day, the very first thing for you to understand is that fathers had absolute rule over their households. Paterfamilias was, was the phrase of the day. That's going to be over the kids' heads, but it should sell on you. The father was the absolute rule over the household. If you were a Roman child, your father was like the king of the family. And let me just tell you how far his power and his rule extended. Fathers controlled who had any access to the money in Paul's day. You might say, well, it's the same as true in my family today, you know, but, but even the father, as you grew up, you didn't get to leave the home until your father gave you the permission to be out from underneath him. And so, so Roman families would often be very large and there would be the patriarch, there would be the, the head of the household and this was the father. When babies were born into the family, it was the father who chose whether or not the baby would live or die. Did you know that? If the father did not like the look of the child, they would dispose of the child. They would typically put them on the steps, uh, steps of the temple. And actually, it was the Christians who would go around and pick up the babies that were left by the fathers who did not want them. And so they had this tremendous amount of power. Every family member was basically considered the property of the father whether that was the mother or the child. And so kids, listen to this. In Paul's day, if you angered your dad, he had the legal right, he could disown you, that means he could kick you out of the family, or he could sell you into slavery. And some of you dads are like, not a bad idea. Why did we let that one go, right? So if you upset your dad, it wasn't just like you're punished, no more, you know, Nintendo Switch. It was like, I'm selling you and you had to do it. They could even enact the death penalty on their child. So a father had absolute rule. A child did not have rights. A child had zero rights in a Roman household. And so I want you to understand, like, family was way different. That's why in that picture of the Roman family, you saw the dad kind of at the, at the front standing up there because everybody looked to the father. Now, is this what family is supposed to look like in God's family? This little verse about children obeying your parents in the Lord for this is right, in this little verse, Paul's actually doing something. God's word is doing something for us. It's actually turning family on its head. 
It's turning family on its head. And I'm just going to pause for a minute. I'm getting a little ring and a ting. Can you guys hear that as I'm speaking? Yeah, well, some of you, yeah, you might need to get your ears checked. Um, <laughs> if we could maybe get that fixed, because it will drive me nuts. Um, so what Paul is ultimately doing here is as he's addressing these children, he's actually resetting for the Roman family how they're actually to think about family in God's family. And the first thing that I want you to notice is when it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Notice that God addresses children and not just adults. Did you see that in the text? See, we've been looking at this passage of scripture and he's been talking about husbands love your wives, wives submit to your husbands and then he specifically speaks to kids. Kids, that's why you're in the, the church service today because this text is directed towards you. God's word is coming and it's speaking directly to children and not just adults. You see, this letter that Paul wrote was supposed to be read in a church service. Did you know that? So I want you to think about two things. There's two points, and they're both going to be up there on the screen, and then we're going to break them down. The first is this. Children were expected to be a part of the church gathering, and children and adults are of equal value to God. When you consider the fact that Paul is addressing not just adults when he writes this letter, that God has Paul write this thing not just to adults but also to children, it's showing us at least two things. The, the first one that I want to talk about is that children were expected to be a part of the church when it gathered together. Did you know that? You don't write a letter to somebody that you don't anticipate is going to what? Read it. And so had you ever thought about when it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, that God wanted children to be gathered together to hear his word. That God wanted children to be gathered with the rest of the saints to hear his word. Not to be segregated, not to be cast off to the side, which leads us to the next point, which is this. Children and adults are of equal value to God. It's not just that in the Roman household, dad was king. The adults were people who had value and worth. It was the kids who could be sold. It was the kids who could be disowned. But in God's family, the way that family works in God's family is that a child and an adult are both created in the image of God. And a child was not a lesser thing, but was somebody who was important enough that God would address a child when he wrote his word in the same way that he would address an adult. Did you ever see that in the text? Did you ever consider that? So many times we just can blow past children and we can think, are they really that important? Are they significant? Well, Psalm 127.3 says that children are a gift from the Lord. They are a gift from the Lord. Jesus himself demonstrated this in Matthew 19.14. Jesus said, let the little children Come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belong the kingdom of heaven. Even Jesus used children as an illustration to show their worth, to show their, their value, to show the, the kind of heart that a child has in relationship to its parents. He says the same thing in Matthew 18, 1 through 6. He says, the disciples come to him, they say, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. 
just leave it there. Based upon what I just told you about the Roman family, and even the Jewish family, the idea of bringing up a child as an illustration of the kind of people that we're supposed to be seemed backwards. And yet Jesus is showing us this. So adult and children, when, it, when God addresses children, he's showing us this very, very truth. They're of equal value in God's eyes. Now, I want to reveal something to you that maybe you didn't know. Have you ever noticed that at Valley Center Community Church, for literally over a decade, we always have our children in the first part of the worship service at minimum. Children are invited to stay for the entirety of our worship service, but we intentionally make sure that we don't offer Sunday school for kids um, right from the beginning. You don't just sign your kid, check in, and drop them off. We allow that for the younger kids if you want that for those who are under, you know, five years of age. But do you know why we don't just have our kids just go and stay in the, outside the service? It's because of this right here is God values children, and we want children to understand that they gather with us to worship and to, and to sing because we want to, them to see that you guys are a part of this Christ community. You're a part of the church. And, and so that's why just in application of this, one of the things is that we say we want the children to be here. We want them to sing the songs. We want them to be a part of this. If they want to go to Sunday school there, they can. But, but this is not a place where, where we want kids to be, oh, they're over there and we're in here. No, it's because... We see that God places value on the body worshiping together. Does that make sense? A lot of people, why don't we just do this? You know, we could, we could do that and we could make more space. You know, we could probably be just in one service on Sunday morning. Did you know that? We could maybe pull it off, maybe, if we added more seats and we kicked all the kids out and just had them start in Sunday school. But we're never going to do it. And this is the reason why. Because we want them to see themselves as part of the church. Okay, that's done. Moving on. Here we go. God... Also in this text, do you see what he does? He addresses children and not just sons. Did you notice that? Children obey your parents and the Lord. He doesn't say sons obey your parents and the Lord. In the Roman world, who is of more value, girls or boys? Boys. They carried on the name. They carried on the family. Paul could have easily, easily, he could have just said, sons, make sure that you obey your parents. But he doesn't do that. He uses the Greek word techna, which is neither masculine nor feminine. He uses this neuter word, this neutral word to refer to children. Why? Why does he do this? Because again, he's saying in God's family, girls are of equal value with boys in God's kingdom. Can all the girls say amen? Yeah, yeah there you go. Can all the boys say amen? Oh, that wasn't as loud there, right? Look at these are little things, but what is this simple instruction is God helping us to see. And so kiddos, this is God speaking and saying from an early age, I want you to know what Galatians 3 says. Galatians 3.28 says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is turning things on. See, it doesn't seem as shocking to us, but to the people in Paul's day who lived in the context of a family being like this, of boys always being the one who are elevated. He says, no, I'm going to give, I'm going to speak to children, both boys and girls. I love these little things. And then the final thing here about families and God's families, like, notice how God addresses how children act towards their parents and not just their fathers. He says, children, obey your 
parents in the Lord. Now, he's going all the way back to the Old Testament for this. But do you know how revolutionary this would have been again in Paul's day? Who was the head of the family? The father. And he doesn't just address the father as the one who's to be obeyed. He addresses the fact that mother and parents are to be obeyed. Both mother and father serve as the authority figures in a child's life. Mothers and fathers, the Bible clearly says, and we saw this, have different roles but are equally to be obeyed. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> He's not denying that a mom and a dad within the family have different roles. We've already talked about those. But he's being very clear when he says, children, obey your parents. He's not just saying, obey your paterfamilias. It's not that you can disregard your mother's words. It's that both mom and dad are to be equally obeyed. There is this uh, funny little story I heard about a dad who went to a fair and he won a toy in one of the competitions he participated in. And he had five children and he came home and he looked at his kids and he said, all right, kids, who's going to get the toy? Who should I give this to? And he said, you know what? Who's the most obedient? Who never talks back to their mother? Who does everything she says? The five kids looked at each other and they said, well, dad, I guess you get the toy. <laughs> Listen, the idea of calling children to obey their parents, do you know what this would communicate from an early age to children? That families in God's family, the mother and the father are of equal worth and of equal value in the sense that they are to be obeyed. Little boys grow into husbands. Little girls grow into wives and mothers. And as they do that, they would have grown up in a home where they are seeing that a father and mother's relationship and how you engage each is so significant. I put this down this week. Wives are to submit to their husbands, but Paul is instructing children from an early age on the significance and the equality of the genders when it comes to honor despite their different roles. So dads, we're going to get to this next week. As the head of the home, you have very specific responsibility and a role within your home. But as far as children are concerned, when they look at their parents, you can't disregard your mother. In God's eyes, they are equally those who you are to obey. And so with all that said, Look at now what his instruction is to children. What is the instruction that he gives to children? He says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. God's instructions to children in the text is simple. Do what you are told with the right attitude. What is the instruction? What is the command? What is it that children in God's family, how are you supposed to function in your home? What's your role? What's your responsibility? God comes to you and he says, do what you are told with the right attitude. This isn't a very surprising verse. There's no hidden real message in this. To obey means to do what you are told. This isn't a new instruction. This is something that goes all the way back to the Old Testament where children are commanded to obey their parents. To obey means to do what you are told. Now, I want to talk to our children for a minute. 
When God says you are called to do what you are told, I want to just start with that. One of the things we have to understand is delayed obedience. Do you know what delayed obedience is? <laughs> All the parents are like, yes, I know exactly what it is. No, I'm asking the kids. Do, do they know what delayed obedience is? Delayed? Oh, yes, good. Okay, that's when your parent asks you to do something, but you do not do it right away. You keep doing what it is that you're doing, and if they say, I need you to go and clean up your room, and you stay there, keep doing what you're wanting to do, that's what we call delayed obedience, and guess, or delayed obedience, and guess what? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Oh, yeah, somebody knows it in the back there. Very good. Also, there's something called partial obedience. Partial obedience. Delayed obedience is not doing the thing when you're asked to do it. Partial obedience is not doing all of what you are asked to do. Would you take and clean off the plates and the cups from the table? And you go and you just take the plates off and you do that, but you leave the cups. Partial obedience is disobedience. Now, you know what's something that's so fascinating? Do you have to teach a child to disobey? <laughs> Did you have to be taught to disobey? No. There's, there's something innate in us because of our sin nature in which you don't have to teach someone to disobey. And so God's word is coming and he's saying, I'm trying to correct something in you. Doing what you are told. It's really simple. But there's this other aspect to it, which is with the right attitude. And I want to talk about that in just a moment. But for uh, the adults here, if I can talk to you all for a minute. And this somewhat applies to the kids, but it's going to be a little bit over their head. I want to say two things. Number one is this. This command, children obey your parents, has an end point. You know that, right? Like it has an end point. Just as you won't be married in heaven, right? There's an end point to the roles of husbands and wives. So too there's an end point to this command. Because you know why we can say that. Because earlier, when we were talking about marriage, it says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become what? One. You leave your father, and you start a new family. And so at, at minimum, there's a time when a man leaves and a wife leaves their families, and, and they become in the eyes of the world and in the eyes of God, adults. And so as an adult child, you're not called to still, you know, jump when your parents say jump or, you know, there's, and we're going to get to that. There's this idea of how you still engage your parents as an adult. The Bible's clear on that because guess what? You never stop showing the fruit of the spirit to your parents. You never stop loving them as, as God has loved you. But let's be clear, there is an end point to this. The second thing is, this is also not an unconditional command. Do you know what I mean by that? Just because children are called to obey their parents, if a parent calls a child to do something that goes against the commands of God, it doesn't matter the structure that God has designed. God's ultimate structure is, I must obey God and not what? Man. Even for a child who's a follower of Jesus Christ, and by the way, I believe that this instruction is given to Christian children because this entire book is written to those who are followers of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that if you're not a child, you don't have to obey. You're like, well, I mean, if you're not a Christian child, you're like, oh, great, you don't have to obey. No, 
This is written to Christian children, and this is what God wants for all children. But we have to understand, too, that all of us must first and foremost follow the Lord. If we're ever called to disobedience, we must reject it. Does that make sense? You're tracking with me? The same thing applies. Now, there's this other word, though. Do you notice how Paul goes down and he says this? Honor your father and mother, verse 2. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. This idea of honor is where I talk about obedience, not just being about doing the thing that you are asked to do, but doing it with the right attitude, with a righteous attitude, with a holy attitude. And I get this from the word honor. Let me say this to everyone here, and especially kids. God cares as much about your attitude as much as he does about your external outward obedience. God cares as much about the attitude in which you obey as he does your obedience to the thing you're being asked. And I say that because of this word honor. To honor your father and mother. There's other passages, especially in the New Testament, where this word is used. One of them is Romans 12.10. Look at this, it says in Romans 12.10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing, what? Honor. You see, we can obey somebody. We can do the thing that we're asked. But God, he's not just caring about the external. He cares about the heart and the way in which we do something. Because did you know that you can obey and yet at the same point sin? Did you know that? You can obey your father and mother but still sin in the process of doing it. And it looks a little something like this. For our teenagers here today, you get that text from your parents and it says something like, hi, son. I don't know how they text you, but maybe they say, hi, son. We need you to come home by 9. And you eventually leave and go home, and you're home by 9.30, but you get the text, and then you look at your friends, and you say, my parents, they're just such idiots. I mean, they want me to be home at 9.30. They don't understand. We need more time together, but I'm going to do it anyway. Did you obey by coming home at 9.30? Yes. But did you honor your father and mother? No. Let's go to the younger kids for a moment. Your mom comes to you and says, Hi, sweetie, I need you to stop what you're doing and pick up the clothes in your room. And so you're like, fine. <laughs> and you pick up your clothes and you put them away. Did you do what you were asked? But what was your heart's attitude towards your parents? <laughs> Have any of the kids ever done that here? Have any of the parents done that here? Yeah, all right, thank you for your honesty. Uh, my children have never done that ever at all. And mom and dad, I never did that, did I? My parents are here too, you know. Do you see how when he says obey, he then goes to the Old Testament. He says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you. Because he's not just getting at the external obedience, but he's saying, children, what's going on in your heart? How do you respond to them? I wrote this down this week. What are ways of not showing honor? It's doing what you're told, but grumbling about your parents. It's doing what you're told, but not verbally acknowledging the person. Have you ever thought about that? Children obey your parents. Your parents come to you and says, I need you to go and take the trash out. And you just go and you do it. 
but there is no acknowledgement of the person who asked you to do that. Why didn't you acknowledge them? Why didn't you look them in the eye? Why didn't you say, yes, mom, yes, dad? Not honoring your parents is doing what you're told, but in a way that shows your displeasure. God is coming to all of us and he's saying, children, obey your parents in the Lord, but also to honor them. Now, he ultimately, in this text, shows us, why do we do this? Why are children to obey? Well, there's three reasons here in closing, and the first is this. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And in Roman times, do you know why you obeyed your mom and dad in Paul's day? Why you obeyed your dad specifically, right? We talked about it. You had to. He's going to sell you to your neighbor, right? Yeah. He's, you know, even worse. You could be disowned. So you were scared. You did obedience out of fear. But what Paul says here is you are living out God's design for you. That's one of the reasons why we're called to obey is you're actually living out God's design for you. God has established in the home fathers as the head of the home, mothers to come alongside and to assist willingly their husbands in leading the home. Children are placed by God under the protection of their parents, as we're going to see next week, to be trained up in the Lord, to know how we're to live. And so he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's God's design for you. To not follow your parents, to not learn from them, to not stay humble before them is to get out from God's design. Years ago, I showed you this picture of this car. And I want to show you this picture of this car again. I don't know if you remember this. Does that look right? <laughs> Was that car designed to carry that kind of weight? Uh, no, no. It, 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 there's a bigger story to, to this, but, but that's wrong. It's out of order. It's not going according to kids. When we are not obeying our parents and we're not following them, listen, you might not agree with what they're asking of you to do, but if they are not asking you to do something that goes against God's design, we are called to come underneath our parents and we are called to obey because this is literally what he says, this is right, that it may go well with you that car is not going to go well because it is functioning outside of the design. Children who obey, you are coming under God's design. One of the other illustrations I like to use is if, especially for my teenagers, if I took your phone and said, hey, can I borrow your phone for a minute? You know, you're like, I got the iPhone 14. I'm like, that's nice. Hold on, I need to nail this thing in. Can I borrow your phone and just start hitting it? You'd be like, no, what are you doing? Every time a child disobeys, you're like, no, what are you doing? You're not, that's not how you've been designed. That's not the role that God has for you. In fact, did you know this? This is for everybody. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 2, I don't know if you've seen this, but when God is writing to the church, he says this, he says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful and unholy. 
I have always found that striking, that one of the signs that God gives to a world that is disordered and sinful is disobedient to their parents. That's how serious it is to God. So we come and we say, God's designed for a child. This is right, is what he says, because it's part of his design. But there's another thing here. When children, we obey our parents, you are displaying your love for God. Did you know that? When you obey your parents, you're displaying your love for God. It's a way for you to ultimately worship the Lord is through your obedience to your parents because it says, children, obey your parents, what? In the Lord. Your obedience ultimately is not about obedience to your mom and your dad. It's about you honoring God and displaying your love for the God who saved you. Remember how I used the ladder earlier? We don't obey God in order that he would love and accept us. We obey God because it's a demonstration of the fact that we understand how he has loved us. That's why Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Children, God gives you very one simple command as a way of expressing your love and worship for him. And that command is to follow, to obey your parents. Not just do what they say, but to do it in a way that displays honor, that shows the right attitude. And when you get this, when you understand that you are ultimately doing it for love for God and not just purely love for your parents, there's one final point. Here's why it's so important for us from an early age, if we know and love Jesus Christ to make this part of our worship of him is because this, you never stop being God's child. I've been talking and this message has been directly towards children, but I close with this. You never stop being God's child. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. From an early age, God is teaching all of us something that will go with us for the rest of our life. Church family, do you ever stop being out from under someone else's authority? No. We always remain, listen to what God's word says in Galatians 3.26. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. In 1 John 3, 1, see what kind of love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Parents, we need to take this very seriously. Even if you don't have children, we need to take that you never stop being a child of God. And so when we look at children and we say, children, you need to obey your parents, we all have a heavenly Father, don't we? And the call upon us is the same as it is for children. Valley Center Community Church, no matter how old you are, obey your heavenly father. Because as we just told the children, when we follow the, the commandments of our heavenly father, we are displaying our love for him. And if we don't understand this, I want to ask my parents here a question. Are you modeling right now for your children the type of obedience that you are asking of them? Are you modeling for your children 
obedience to your heavenly Father in such a way that they understand what their obedience should look like towards you. This is a classic, do as I say, not as I do situation. And so many times parents are asking obedience from their children. Literally, we're gonna see this next week. Fathers, you make your children's obedience a whole lot easier when you are walking in obedience to your heavenly Father because you are modeling for them a consistency and an integrity that is display of what you believe to be true, that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord. And so may the Lord help us to never lose sight of the fact that when we call our own children to obedience, which is right because God's word calls it to, that it should be a daily reminder to us, are we walking in obedience to a heavenly Father who is perfect and loving towards, towards us? I praise God that we don't live in Paul's day. <laughs> and I praise God that for every single one of our families, we have from God his word, which shows us what families look like in God's family. And that by his grace, because we are transformed by him, these are the kinds of families that we can live in the world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, it is a sweetness that we get to today in a message like this, call upon you as our Heavenly Father. And that, Lord, for the children that are in this room today, Lord, I thank you that each one is precious in your sight. That it's not till they get older, as some would think, that they become your image bearers. But right here, right now, Lord, if they've put their faith and trust in you as they walk in obedience to their parents, they are actually displaying your image. And that this is what you would call them to. Lord, for any of the children that are here today, Lord, who don't yet know you, Lord, who, who recognize that they don't walk in obedience always to their parents, let alone to you, Lord, I pray that that would not force them to, to turn away from their parents and turn away from you, but instead to know that they need a Savior who can transform and change them, a Savior who has demonstrated his love by dying for, for them. And that today would be a day in which they admit that they need a Savior, that they believe that Christ is the one that you have provided and that they would confess him as the Savior and Lord that they need. And that for any of us here today, Lord, as we hear this message, that we would think it's not just about children in our families or in our church, but it's also about us. And the question of, are we walking in obedience to the Father who loves and cares for us perfectly? And we thank you for that love being demonstrated through Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.